for those of you who don't know, um, our deacons serve. We have, uh, uh, I don't know, at least eight deacons that serve faithfully. Every week they are the ones that oversee the building. They make sure that everyone is safe in here. They lock up. They watch uh, the air. All, all the things that sometimes can get overlooked. Um, they faithfully do that. They help us with our events. They help clean up. They, they just serve. They serve. And we are so blessed to have them. So this is, this is a, a big thing that someone is willing to be the head of that department <laughs> and to take on the challenges. So with that in mind, let's just bless them. So we, we bless you now together. We bless you with the mantle of leadership we bless you with the call of not just service, but the very mantle of Jesus who said, if you want to be great, you serve. And so we, we, we just we bless you with the mantle of Jesus. We bless you with the mantle of those in Acts 6 that said, hey, we'll do this so that others can do the other things. And so we bless you with this mantle now. And, and, we, and we just declare the anointing to do everything that God calls you to do, the anointing to create, the anointing to have the vision of God, the anointing to lead. Words, new launch. David, um, even just this past week in the steak dinner and, and this morning, I just heard those words, new launch, just now. And I, I, David, I just feel like there's going to be a launch in terms of fruitfulness that you actually haven't... Um, you haven't fully conceived. You, and so you're going to see some new things happen. You're going to see some new anointing be there. You're going to see you've already had a love for people, particularly where you work and all the young people that you're a dad to. But I just say new launch. Lord, I just bless David and Anne too. She's a partner in this. So I just say new launch, new launch in their partnership, new launch in their effectiveness, new launch in their love for people, new new fruitfulness in the lives of those that they touch. I just say they are blessed because they love people. They really, really do. So, Lord, we just thank you for this couple in Jesus' name. Yeah, and, and I just want to say this over you. I just, as I was praying this morning, I just heard the Lord wants me to remind you that this is a promise fulfilled from years ago about leadership. And I, I just, I could actually see you as a young woman, someone prophesying over you about being a leader. And, and, and there's been times where you wonder what in the world, or is that going to be, was that wrong? And the Lord just wants to remind you, this is the promise fulfilled in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What is your name? <laughs> what is your addiction? It's Jesus. Man, <laughs> that, that part is classic, man. <laughs> Just think Monty Python's going to break out of the wall there. <laughs> Horses come clicking through or something. I don't know. It's awesome. So we we'll just want to welcome you. If you're new with us, you probably think we're weird right now. But we have just sat in our heart to have fun with the Lord. 
to honor His presence above all things, and to live together in pursuit of everything He's offering us as God's people. To live below the level of what He's given us as an inheritance is a disaster for our world. To live below the call of God that He has on our lives, the the fullness, and we're going to talk about the deposit that's in us that is actually the answer to every question that's being screamed at on the news right now. All right, that never happens. Uh, And I I just want to encourage you today, if you're new with us, just open your heart and believe that God has called you here to show you your greatness. Show you who you're called to be. Show you what it looks like to be a child of God. And so the last, um, not last week, because we had Chris Gore, who was doing a a beautiful time at the healing conference. How many of you just enjoyed our time with Chris? So good, right? And uh, those of you that missed it, I just encourage you that when God is offering something new and fresh, jump on in. That's not a rebuke. It's just a a desire that God's saying, hey, I'm bringing something new. Come get in it. Come, Come push in for freshness. Come push in beyond all the things that tell you that you have other stuff going on and say, man, I just need something fresh from the Lord. Sometimes He drops things in our laps. Sometimes it's our partnership that gets us what He's giving us. And so, I just want to encourage you today. So we've just been talking the last the week before that about, about the phrase that, how do you spell faith, right? R-I-S-K. And, and we hear that and, you, and, you, and we say it. And I, I love sayings that help us remember biblical truths. But I hate them when we don't do them. I hate them when they've just become so natural to us that, yeah, we talk about faith and we talk about... What it's saying is that faith has a giant element of risk in it. Living the life of faith will oftentimes put you out of, of your comfort zone. It'll put you out of things that you that you you find familiar and God's saying, hey, the life of faith will actually require you then to have faith. See, the life of faith is to require us to have faith. Why? Because we're walking with the Holy Spirit. That's what it says in Ephesians and Galatians and Colossians that we're in this amazing walk with the Holy Spirit and He will lead us to places that require faith. And, And we as a people of God have to understand that faith is not just the moment you believe. Faith is the actual per, the product of what God is doing in your life being manifest. It's the belief of God and what He is and who He is in your life. And from that place, you actually get to manifest. It's how we please Him. Now, let me just say this because so, I want to break down bad theology before we get to good theology, right? We have His pleasure. You have the pleasure of the Lord. You can't earn it. You receive the pleasure of the Lord through Jesus. And and honestly, if we even look before that, mankind has always had the pleasure of the Father. He's always had the, man, I can't wait. I'm going to create someone so I can be with them. Right? The, the pleasure of God is on mankind. His favor is on mankind. And if you don't believe that, I just want to tell you, you're starting from the wrong place. 
God is love. He is in love with man and mankind and woman, just so I'm clear. He loves us and we have his pleasure. But there are places in God that he actually has. He has deposited in us that he's saying these will be accessed by faith. These will be accessed only by faith. And, and so it's the difference in how do we have people that we still write books about that change history. It's people that access the full deposit by faith. Smith Wigglesworth, one of my original heroes in the faith. I remember beginning to read about him. You know that he was an illiterate, stuttering plumber? And I'm not trying to be ugly. That's his start. But he had a belief system. He read the Scripture. He had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Can I say both those things had to happen? He didn't just read the Scripture. He then was encountered by the Holy Spirit and God told him, you are going to do the works of the Gospel of the Kingdom on earth. And he began to believe it. What was that? Faith. And I remember reading books about him like, and we read the wild stories like, Punting a baby across the stage, and when it landed, he punted a deformed baby, and when it landed, it was totally whole. Now, if that freaks you out, don't worry. We're not into punting babies around here. You know? And please don't punt any babies unless God's telling you to. But what I'm saying is the works of faith. He wrote books called Ever Increasing in Faith. And then, and then the next book, I don't remember what, but it was about even more faith. And what I want to tell you is that faith is what allows us to access world-changing deposits on the inside of you. And so I want to, I want to give you five minutes here of, of just a, a truth concerning faith and risk. Because you can't have faith without risk. And, and I, I spent a long time talking about this two weeks ago, but listen, we can't love safety in the Christian walk. We just can't. It, it can't be our passion to just be safe in everything. You know, and even in this idea of like, well, I just need to always be in a safe place and everything has to be safe. Listen, there's so much risk in the kingdom. It's risk for me and Tom to be in relationship. Why? Because he could hurt me. You say, well, Tom, you just got to create the perfect safe place for me. No. My risk is to give you my faith in God and God in you is that I'm going to be in relationship with you. And even if you hurt me, I still choose to be in faith. And listen, it's example. We love each other. Because I get emails like, are you and Tom in a fight? Please don't send me those kind of emails. And, and, but what I'm saying is, it's risk in everything we're called to do. It's risk to walk up to someone in Walmart and pray for them. It's risk to love your coworker right where they're at. See, the, the, the lack of risk is to walk up to them and judge them for their sin. There's no risk in that. That's easy. I can do that with no faith. But the faith to believe that my words and the environment around me is going to bring freedom and love and life to this person and I'm going to love them and I'm not even going to call out their sin because they might call out mine. And, and what am I saying? I'm saying that everything in the kingdom has a place of risk and faith. And God's called us to it, the life of faith. And, and God, He so wants to show us the truth about this. So turn with me to Hebrews real quick. We're going to do a really famous scripture and then one that's not talked about too much. 
then we're going to do a whole bunch more of them. It says, and with faith, this is Hebrews eleven six, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let me read the second half. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. How many believe that Jesus and God exist, the Holy Spirit? He, they exist. They're a they and He all at once. And she, if you need that, just, just saying He doesn't have gender. And that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So the first part of the verse, and it's with, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now our premise is that we are already in the pleasure of God. Yes? Our premise is that He already loves us. So what's this talking about? Well, first of all, faith is what brings us into the kingdom. It's what makes us a child of God. But I want to suggest to you that also there is a place that where it's, it says it's impossible to please God without faith. That the, the word right there actually means that to gratify entirely or gain full access to. So in, there are areas in God that He is wanting to reveal to His children that are only accessed by faith. They're not accessed by just sitting around and saying, well, if God wants to give it to me, He'll give it to me. They're only accessed by faith. He wants to come and pour things in. He's saying, hey, just believe. I want to give it to you. See, the key to this verse is actually in the revelation of His nature that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Because if you don't believe that, you'll never have the faith to believe that you could have access to great things. If you don't believe in the nature of God as rewarder, then you will, you will, you'll come and you'll beg and you'll plead and you'll borrow. And he's saying, hey, just seek me and you'll get everything you need. And so we have to understand that this is a truth about faith that will actually release us into greater destiny. So and then I want to just draw another scripture to this. In Ephesians 5.19, it says, find out what pleases the Lord, right? Is that the right reference? 5.16. Find out. I got it right. It's 5.10. Find out what pleases the Lord, right? Now, the word right there is that he's actually, that there's a journey and it says, find out. The Greek word for pleases actually means to what, what full agreement with the Lord looks like. Because you're in His pleasure. See, we've used these verses and we've misunderstood that. Oh, well, there are things that God's going to be... He's pleased with you. But there are things from that pleasure that He wants to take you into and says, find out what full agreement with God looks like. And if we understand that, then we begin to understand that faith actually takes... So we go back to Hebrews 11, 6, and it says, hey, with faith, it's... It, it allows us to be in full agreement with the Father. See, I'm not taking liberty there. I'm just actually plugging in other scriptures. Scripture interprets scripture. And we begin to understand that in full agreement with Him, we get to get into the, every, the fullness of who we're called to be. Y'all are quiet. I just want to tell you, there's more in Him. There's more in Him than what we did today. There's more in Him than sitting around and listening to me preach. There's more in Him than you sitting next to your neighbor laughing right now. Not a rebuke, just saying. I'm talking. There's more in Him than anything you've seen right now. And He's saying, hey, I want you to access this. The other bad thinking we've had about this is that God doesn't want us to have it. And like, oh, if you get enough faith, 
You get your faith meter to the right level, you'll get it. I want to tell you that's not true thinking. Faith is believing that He wants us to have it, and it allows us to begin the journey of getting it. Okay, so how does this manifest? Well, I want to talk to you just for, now I've got like 21 minutes to talk to you about how to flourish in the life of faith in risk when it's hard. When it's challenges to what everything I just said. How many of you have ever had a challenge in your life? How many of you in a challenge right now? How do we flourish in faith in that moment? Because that's when, because the scripture tells us, hey, Jesus said, hey, you're going to be persecuted. Paul is quick to write about the hardships and pressing and trouble and all these things. And we read those and we're like, huh, God, I don't want those. And I just want to tell you, they're not from God. Now, if that's your theology, great. But I just want to tell you, it's not biblical. That God will use them. He will use the plan of the enemy and turn it for good in your life. So you might come out and say, man, well, because of this, I'm so much better. That's the goodness of God. But he didn't cause it. If he did, that would be called child abuse. If I tell Timothy, hey, I love you so much. And then I go out and just beat him with a stick. And then say, hey, but from this, you're going to be tougher. The world would arrest me. I'm just saying, I wouldn't want to tangle with him. He's a big boy. But what we have to understand is in this, how do we flourish in this place, in this place of hardship? So turn with me to Romans 8. We're going to read some famous ones here, and then a few you might not know. Romans 8.35 says, Who or what? shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. And the answer goes down to say in 37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. The key to being a conqueror is staying in His love. The goal of the enemy is to get you out of His love. And so how does He do it? Oh. 8.35, one more time for me. How do we do, how does the enemy try to do that? Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, pain. That's his goal. And it's really interesting that the word separate actually means to be out of agreement. And we just looked at faith and how that place of faith is being in agreement, right? And so we begin to recognize that, oh wait, the enemy doesn't want us in a life of faith. He doesn't want us to risk. And how is he going to try to keep us from risking? Hardship. Trouble. So we're going to look at three places of hardship. We've got to do these fast. The first one is the actual word hardship. In the Greek, it's used many times, like 20 times in the New Testament. And the Greek for hardship actually means the narrowing of a room or pressure. How many have ever been in this beautiful journey with the Lord and all of a sudden start feeling all this pressure? Pressure, tension, bills. You know, someone calls, says, hey, I'm not doing good, and you don't have the answer. You're praying for people to get healed, and they're not getting healed. All of a sudden, this pressure is happening, right? Come on, let's just, right? That's what happens in it. Why? Because the enemy is trying to put pressure. He's trying to close in. And uh, anyone in here claustrophobic? Amy was like, boo! Yeah. (laughs) Listen. 
The reality is, that's a feeling, it's not a truth. Now, I've had moments where I felt like the room was closing in, but that was my brain telling me the room is closing in. Because the walls weren't shrinking. It was just my brain. Why? Because it was like a pressure that started to come on me. And the enemy wants to put pressure on you. And he wants to try to try to stop you from understanding the goodness of who God is. So what do we do in this? Well, I'm going to be real quick and I have to skip a couple scriptures. But the first thing is we have to risk to believe that he is strong in our weakness. It's a risk. It's a risk that he'll be strong in my weakness. And, and we have to understand that the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 12 that when I'm weak, he'll be strong. So that's a guarantee. But we have to believe it. And the truth is, when I was studying about the scripture, the verse kept coming to me because I, I was reading about the narrowing place and the pressure. And I thought about in Psalms in 119 where it says that he will give us a spacious place. That our portion in him is a spacious place. Not a narrow, pressure-filled place, but a spacious place where we can get to experience his love and his goodness. See, the answer to pressure is the word of the Lord. The answer to pressure is the promise. The answer is to say, I know how I feel. I know what the pressure feels like. I know that it seems like I'm weak, but I choose the word of the Lord right now. It's a risk to believe the word of the Lord. It's a total risk. I just want to encourage you, take the risk. Believe the word of the Lord. Maybe you've got an area in your life that does not match up with anything in God's promises, kingdom, or his word. I want to tell you, take the risk and believe that God has it. The second risk in this is that, that you, you have to risk to delight in weakness. Second Corinthians 10, it says, I delight in my weakness. I used to hate this verse. Anyone ever been there? How many of you love being weak? No one in, you got one? I don't know. I love being strong. I love, I love overcoming. I love when we kick the teeth of the devil in. I, I love it. I love it when this whole place is going radical and praise and worship. And I'm like, devil's losing. And God's being glorified. I love that. So I used to read this verse and I'm like, delight and weakness. What? But the word for delight doesn't mean love it. It doesn't mean embrace it. It actually means to understand it. And if you understand that the enemy is trying to get glory in a place of weakness in your life, but in this place, God's going to be strong. In this place, my faith is that God is going to be strong. You actually get to delight in it because you know the Father's showing up in my life. You get to change the way you're thinking about it. like Because so many of us have been taught, well, just it's who I am. This is just my weakness. Listen, self-help books and understanding who we are haven't brought any freedom. They've, just, they've actually empowered your weakness. And then people have told me, like, well, I'm just delighting in my weakness. That's garbage. You're delighting in an identity that is not who you really are. And God said, I need you to delight in the idea that even... When you're broken and hurting, I'm going to come and be strong there. Delight in that place. It's a risk to do that. It's easier to just say, this is just what grandpa did and what daddy did, and I'm going to be the same. It's way easier. And let me just tell you, that's faith in the natural system. 
And God's saying, take a risk to believe something different. Take a risk that your generation is getting changed. And from your family line on, they're going to look back and say, what happened? Say, oh, God did it right there. Second thing. I did that pretty quick. (laughs) The second word for trouble and challenge that's often used in the New Testament is hard-pressed. And the the Greek word right there is real simple. It means to be pressed like grapes. Have you ever been felt like you're getting crushed? Like, man, I'm, I'm loving Jesus with all my heart. I'm coming to church. I'm giving my tithe. What the heck? Pressure. And I feel like I'm getting crushed. And even moments where you're, you're just before the Lord and like, I'm broken to pieces. Let me just read you. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. I actually believe this is the key verse for the day. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. So guys, it doesn't say one day you'll figure out that you have this treasure. It says you have a deposit of the kingdom of God that's in you that is accessed by faith. And when you get into it, it doesn't matter how earthen you are as a vessel. What's in you is what matters. And he's saying, hey, the world can start trying to crush you and push you down. Because what's he say in the next verse? Turn it in 4.8. I love it. It says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Let me tell you that the world we live in, this kingdom world, this kingdom pursuit, is not a utopia. Jesus told us there's going to be persecution. There's going to be hard moments. There's going to be these things. Why? Because the enemy hates you. And he sure doesn't want that treasure that's on the inside of you getting out. And so many of us have been like, well, I'm just a failure. I know I've got this treasure, but if if, if it was easy and things were good, I would be letting it out. And I'm going to tell you, that's a lie of the enemy. Say, well, when I get all my bills paid, and my dog starts obeying, and the grass cuts itself, I'll start pouring out. Well, when my mower cranks itself and mows the yard, I'll know God is for me. See, that would be a total sign and wonder for me. But it's not going to happen. Why? Because he told me, you're mowing the yard. There's going to be tribulation. Say, so are you being trite no i don't know your tribulation but i know when it's all been hard pressed on me and i felt like i was dying and couldn't breathe i had to lift up my hands and say god i know who you are and i know what you want to do in this earth i know what you want to do in my life i know what you want to do in my family so i choose you it's faith it's risk but let me just tell you what i think the risk in this scripture is The risk is to give life even in the pressure. The risk is to have faith enough to give it away when not everything in your life is perfect. We're taking a risk as a body. We believe in healing here. John Whitaker, where are you at? You can't move on me, bro. I can't find you. (laughs) But we just celebrated Alicia going to the Lord two weeks ago. The risk is to say, we believe God is healer. We believe He's good. We believe our journey is good. 
We believe that everything that happened in Leisha's life is good, minus the place of the enemy trying to kill, steal, and destroy from her. And we put our foot on his neck. And she went to the Lord in faith. Remember, she whispered in Elizabeth's ear, tell him, I'm not quitting. My body's just retiring to heaven. See, it's a risk to still believe. People are all mad at us. Like, explain it. It's a risk to love mystery. It's a risk. It's a risk to give away life when you don't feel like it. It's a risk that says, well, man, I'm under all this pressure and I don't have anything to give. And God's saying, wait, you've got treasure in a jar of clay. Give it away. Here's a crazy truth. You give it away, you'll be refreshed. You might actually be the, your own answer to being crushed. We've looked for, because the next step I'm going to tell you is people helping you and strengthening you. But I want to tell you the first step is you giving away and actually strengthening yourself. You guys doing all right? Feeling some faith stir? Like two. Cool. I'll take them. The last word I want to look at, and there's like 19 of these I could have done, so we could end at five. But we're just going to do three today, and it's, it's the idea of being persecuted. Jesus understood persecution. Matthew 5, this one's not up there, just turn there. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What I think he's actually saying right there is, you will be persecuted in this walk. So as you respond in a faith-filled way, you will actually have access to the kingdom of God that you could not have in any other way. That's why the church in China is growing like 30,000 people a day because the the government over there is controlled by the devil and they don't understand that their persecution is actually causing glory for God. The enemy's like, ah, look, we're persecuting them. And God's like, ah, look, we're growing 30,000 a day. See, we have to understand that, that persecution is not the end. The Greek word for persecution actually means to be pursued or to cause to make run. The goal of persecution is to get you to run away from your destiny. And I wrote this down. Flight is a fear reaction to cause us to miss our destiny. It's time to fight, right? And faith is a fight. I've lived the good fight of faith, right? Because he understood that all these things have been chasing after me, trying to cause me to run away from what God has destined me to. And what's your destiny? The deposit on the inside of you changing your world. The transformed life that you're living, it it beginning to manifest and changing your world, whether that's Nicaragua or Uland. San Marcos, if you don't know where Euland is. <laughs> New Braunfels, Wimberley, Buda, Austin, Luling, Kyle, Lockhart. Those worlds are all supposed to be transformed. You know how he's going to do it? You. And you're like, but I'm being persecuted. Awesome, that means you have the kingdom of God at full access. Now what are you going to do? That's a football fight there, man. Go kill them all. <laughs> Zach, what is your name? What is your addiction? Yeah! 
So what's the risk? The risk is to stand when the enemy is telling you to flee. The risk is to believe that it may not all be perfect. And the people around me may not all be perfect. And everything doesn't feel perfect. And I've got it to be, it's got to be perfect or I'm out of here and I'll find the perfect people. Listen, they don't exist. Say, well, I'm just going to move to Reading. I know those guys. I know those guys. They tell me all the time, this place ain't perfect. You want to trade? Can we get back to small church? That sounds awesome. What am I saying? We have a utopia mindset. And if we're not careful, it will keep us from the things of the kingdom. And God's saying, hey, the risk is to stand. It's your risk. It's your faith. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians. I just want to apologize in advance. I'm reading a lot in Thessalonians. We're going to get a lot of Thessalonians in the next few weeks. And if you're not reading anywhere, pick somewhere. So what's God saying? He's saying read. 1 Thessalonians 3.2 We sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker, in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Now, isn't it interesting that he didn't just come to strengthen and encourage them? He knew what needed to be strengthened and encouraged was their faith. Why? Because they had access to everything they needed in the inside. And he said, no, I know you're feeling persecuted, hardship, trouble. We're going to send Timothy, and the deposit in him is going to strengthen your faith, and your faith is going to allow you to access what you need. See, it can't be given to you from someone else because it's on the inside of you. But it can be stirred by somebody else. So I want to tell you, if you're trying it on your own, that's not God's way. It's in community. It's in family business. I'm going to keep reading because I love the next few verses. It says, so that, what was that? To encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. So guess what? Hardship, hard-pressed, persecuted, they were happening in the church then too. The greatest generation of the church. And, they're, and they're, they're like, what the heck with the trials? He's saying, I told you they were going to come. He said, in fact, well, let me read that again. So that no one would be unsettled by these trials. You know quite well that we were destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you, you well know. I love Paul. He's like rubbing it in. I told you and it happened. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your what? Your faith. He didn't come to talk about the trials. He he came to talk about, hey, how are you accessing the kingdom of God right in the middle of what's going on in your life? He says, I was afraid that in some way the tempter might have tempted you and our efforts might have been useless. See, the enemy is constantly trying to hard press, pressure you down to tempt you to not believe. And I want to celebrate every one of you that have had a trial in your life and you chose belief over the trial. I want to celebrate you, Gary McGee, for standing there and saying amen when a lot of people would have given up. We celebrate that. Why? Because you chose to believe and have faith and live a life of faith even in mystery. I celebrate all of you who have had that moment where you're like, God, it's so hard. And you said, but I choose you. I choose you. And the tempter's like, oh no. They believe. 
I'll just tell you, the more I believe, the less, the less power his words have. So it's 12.30, and you just saw a miracle. That took me 55 minutes to do last night. Let's stand up. When you've done all you know to do, stand. And the, stand, the word for stand actually means stand with a posture to fight. And, and I, I just wanna, I, I've been thinking about the scripture in, in Samuel and Chronicles where it says that there was a group of Philistines running after God's mighty men. And one of them turned around in a barley field and decided to take his stand. It says he killed so many of them that the sword froze to his hand. I believe this. This is how I feel like I'm supposed to end this today. That there is a freezing of the sword to your hands today. A freezing of the word of the Lord that says, even if I wanted to lay it down, I couldn't. Because it's frozen in my hand. Because I have seen the goodness of God and He has, had, he has allowed me to overcome my enemies. Remember, the Scripture over and over and over in the New Covenant tells us this, that to those who have overcome, your portion is to overcome. If you don't believe that right now, you're believing a lie. Let the sword freeze in your hand today that this is the word of the Lord for my life. If you don't have a word of the Lord, meaning I just can't find one, you are a child of God. And you are an overcomer. And so right now, if you just feel comfortable just to put your hands up, we're going to allow the Lord just to freeze that sword in our hands. If you're right in the middle of a challenge this morning, you're like, oh, I know what it feels like to be hard-pressed. Let risk to choose life right in the middle of that. Risk to believe that God's going to be strong in your weakness. Risk to allow others to come and stir you up. Risk it. Or if you want to be more biblical in it, have faith. Believe. But we spell faith, R-I-S-K. So we just receive the word of the Lord in our lives right now, Jesus. Oh, wait, that's you. We receive you. The living, active word of the Lord to come be in our hands and in our mouths. Let it inflict damage on the enemy. And we just say, would it forever be frozen into our hands? Would y'all allow me 30 more seconds? Just, I, I feel like I have to say this or I would be in total disobedience. I actually believe this, that there, there's a fight that God is wanting us to understand that there's a spirit of selfishness that would try to come and sit on His church right now that just says, when I feel better, I'll do these things. When these people do these things, I'll respond correctly. And the Lord says, that's not my ways. That's not my ways. And if you want to know me, you know that I, uh, the only way to access is not to pout, but to press in. And, and if you just feel, I want to say this, this is not you. This is a spirit trying to make you feel this way. If you just feel like, man, I just feel down and I just feel like not pushing in. I want to tell you that that is a spirit trying to cause selfishness to rest on you. And the Lord just says, rise up. Rise up. I say it again, rise up. And we reject that. We reject it in the spirit. I, I, I feel like the Lord is also just saying that there's someone in here 
all you can see is the challenge right now. And there's actually a little piece of you that's mad at me right now. Because like, if you really knew, if you knew my challenge. And the Lord just says, I hear your thoughts right now. And I know your challenge. And I've given you the answer this morning. It's been like a kiss of love to you this morning. Just to say, risk it. Risk it again. Because yes, in His sovereignty, He could make it stop. But in His glory, He wants you to partner with Him to overcome. So I, if that's you, I just bless you right now. And I just break off any condemnation. And I just say that with the kisses of His mouth, come to you with the truth of His word right now. Those are not words I use at all. So just let it go. So we just bless you guys. I think Chris is going to come out and just close this up. Tim, thanks for a powerful word this morning. Come on. <laughs> I think sometimes putting him in a time limit a little bit squeezes out some good stuff. Our senior pastors, Tim and Elizabeth Darnell, are going to be out in the foyer if you need to meet them. I'm going to invite uh, the altar ministry to come up if we have altar servants. Um, one thing Tim didn't get to touch on today is that we're not meant to walk this alone. Amen. So please, if you're walking through something, share it with somebody. And for each lie, the enemy speaking over you, have them share three truths. How about that? And just break that over you. So if you need prayer for anything at all, but if, if you need prayer, particularly just to break any challenges and release some truth in your life, please come up front, get some prayer, grab somebody next to you. Otherwise, have a fantastic week. We'll see you soon.